Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome, everybody. We're beginning... We're continuing to discuss 1 Samuel in our morning Bible study. We're happy you're here to join us. Let's pray. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just welcome you to this place, God, and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and minister to us as well. And we ask that you guide us and you give us understanding and that you make it clear what it is you want us to learn from this Bible study, Lord. And we thank you for everybody that is listening and tuning in, and we ask that you continue to bless them and guide them and teach them as well, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Jesus name. Amen. amen. All right, so we are in 1 Samuel chapter 29. Uh, it's a short one, but um, either way, the Lord is going to speak to us. So we're just going to read this one right through, okay? Okay. All right. Who will volunteer to read for us? I will. Okay, Kyla. All right, Kyla. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Apex. Aphek? And the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princes of the Philistines, Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul? king of Israel who has been with us these days or these years and to this day I have found no fault in him since he defeated he defected to me sorry but the princes of the Philistines were angry with him so the princes of the Philistines said to him make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him and do not let him go down with us to battle at least in the battle he become our adversary for with what could he reconcile himself to his master if not with the heads of these men is it, not, is it not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul is saying his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish said to David and said, called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, and you have been upright, and you're doing out, and you're going out, and you're coming in with me, and the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have, found, have not found evil in you since the day you're coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go in peace, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, But what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as they've been with you, that I may not go out and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? So Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the prince of the Philistines have said, You shall not go out with us in the battle. Now, therefore, rise early in the morning with your master's servants, have come with you, and as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David said to his men, David and his men rose early in the, to depart in the morning and return to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Okay. Thank you, Kyla. <clears throat> so, what questions or comments does anyone have, or what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you in this chapter?
I kind of found it interesting that a kiss compared. He said, I know that you're as good in my sight as an angel of God. I kind of found that interesting. Okay. Why? Explain. Because you don't, somebody won't really say that unless they know that the, know that the Lord's. know about the Lord. Like they have some understanding of of God and the things of God. We can tell he has a a deep appreciation for David Mm -hmm. and he feels like David can do no wrong. But at the same time, you also see he trusts him blindly. Yes. Um, Because he, you can tell he's heard of David's reputation and so he assumed or believed and trusted that David was upholding and abiding by the character that he had before. But we remember a couple chapters back, he's lying to Akish and, um, or Akish, however you say his name. He's lying to him and raiding people in the lands and killing everybody so nobody tells on him. So... So he only knew based off of appearance and what he saw. Mm-hmm. But the Lord knows the deeper things. I kind of had the question, like, when David asked, like, but what have I done? Like, he was like, did you find out? Did I manage? Did somebody manage to escape? <laughs> Where are they? And not that he was generally, like, when he was talking to Saul, what have I done? And what wrong have I done to you? Let the Lord judge me. Mm-hmm. It sounded more guilty here. Mm-hmm. Trying to ask the question and, and figure out what he knows, yes. As opposed to just being forthcoming. and Yep, <laughs> yeah. there's some of that. Anyone else? What about in verse 1? What do you understand of the places where the Philistines are at? Does it sound familiar? Was it with Goliath? Nope. In chapter 4, I believe, uh, there is, Aphek, if I recall correctly, is the same place where the Philistines camped when the ark was taken, captured. Now, the Israelites are in a different place, but the Philistines are in the same one, yes. in some, some key terrain, so they're looking to, for the same outcome. Mm-hmm. All right, so whether that's looking at it from the form of uh, a process and plan, it potentially is some key terrain if you will. However, they're, they're looking for the same outcome. And grand, this was years, years <coughs> later. Excuse me. It is, um, I'm certain that they remembered what happened last time they were in this place and fighting this exact enemy. 
nobody picks a fight to lose it. So exactly, <laughs> I'm sure they were. They wanted to win. They were hoping to win at least. Anyway. So, but that's the thing about if we don't learn the lessons, right? If we don't learn, I'll say the lessons that the Lord has has for us, so that we can actually learn, grow, move forward in the things of Him. It brings us right back around to the same place. Our sin. Our, it brings us right back around to the beginning. But the whole point is to grow and to move forward in the things of the Lord. We shouldn't have to keep circling or wandering the desert. We essentially come around to the same place. Right? Those things should be worked out of us. It doesn't have to take a generation or 40 years or whatever in order to learn the lessons and grow and move forward. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to go keep coming back to the same place. You see the same thing in Jeremiah, right? Where all of a sudden, or oh, was Ezekiel? Um, I don't recall off the top of my head, but uh, one of those two prophets find themselves literally at the steps of the temple in Jerusalem. And then they're lifted up by the Spirit and brought over to Chaldea which as we know is any witness and minister to people there. But he was brought by the Spirit to the starting place where Abraham was called. Actually, it started with Abraham's father, Terah, where they were called from in order to go to the Promised Land. Now at the time, Israel was scattered. They um, They were not in a great place. Spiritually as well as naturally. Yes. But the Lord's intent was to bring them back. But we have to do things His way. It's the only way it works. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Mm-hmm. It also amused me that the princes of the Philistines were like, don't let us, don't let him go to battle. He'll turn around and get us all. I think that's wise. There, there is wisdom there, absolutely. It was just amusing. I was wondering why the princes are commanding the king. It's not commanding, it's recommending. Oh, oh but they're, when they say, when they use that title, princes of the Philistines. They are kings. Yeah, they're, oh. they're like a, a clans, if you will, and each one is a, a king or a lord in their own right. And so, clearly... Akisha's submitting to them, so he understands his place in the rankings and and whatnot. That they they grouped together. You remember when they took the the Ark of the Covenant? They were the lords of the Philistines that got together to make decisions. So they all had equal authority, if you will, and they they grouped together like by clans, if you will. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so there is wisdom in that, that from a human sense. perspective, absolutely. Because, like, strategically, on a battle, if you get, if you're surrounded or closed in from both sides, you know, they're fighting with you for a minute, and then all of a sudden they're fighting against you. You got mm-hmm. people at your front and your back, and they already know David is ferocious in battle, so. He's a tactician, absolutely. And, and he already positioned himself in prime spot at the very back. So they're not even looking at you, and then you start mowing them down from behind, and the people are, you know, now they have to divide and fight on two fronts versus being able to trust their rear because it's just, you know, people that are on your side. So um, 
I think they made the right choice. No, they did. It was just amusing. Mm-hmm. But they all had to acknowledge, I'll say, the, the reputation, right? the character, the, all those things, the, the skill level that the Lord had given to David. Mm-hmm. This is someone that started out as a shepherd, just tending the sheep, and clearly is known, uh, we see how the Lord brought him up, as a warrior. And not just his own skill level, but clearly it extended to his troops. They were able to accomplish so much under mm-hmm. the, the power and the leading of the Lord, of course. Mm-hmm. But that had to be acknowledged. Right. That, that Saul is slain is thousands and David is 10,000. It's talking about also under their command. The troops under, un, under each people, each one of these men's commands were able to do these things because one person killing thousands of people, it might take some time, you know, mm-hmm. to, to rack that up. But strategy, um, ferocity, ability, et cetera, et cetera, they could command troops and get the job done. So that, that speaks to their leadership as well. What else did you get out of that that part? With what part? happened? Part, uh, talking about the, the other princes or the kings and how they did not want David to go with them. What did you have in mind, darling? Well, I'm just saying, how does that that work out? How would that have worked out for David and his... He knows he's to be king, right? He's already been anointed to be king. How would that have worked out for his kingdom? Um, if he was attacking the people coming from the Philistines, or if he's, with, he's encamped and with and working with and for the Philistines, then he attacks his own people mm-hmm. and then is going to rule over them? certainly remember (laughs) and it would give the distinct impression that they were then occupied that it wasn't one of their own that was ruling and leading them but it would give the impression that it was a plant or a puppet Mm -hmm. for another kingdom another king Mm -hmm. however what did the lord do he spared david he worked it out he separated him so he didn't have to do that Gave him a way of escape. Yes. Even though David was, I'll say, for all intents and purposes, was loyal, right? He was a man of his word. He was going to carry out what he had said, which at this point in time it was to, to serve King Achish. Yes. All right? I guess he did his own thing in there as well. All right? He had some, some freedom, some liberty to, to do that, to carry it out. But in the grand scheme of things, when it came to battle, he had, uh, for lack of a better way to phrase it, pledged his allegiance to King Akish mm-hmm. to serve him, to fight with and for him, and, and not just David, but also his, his men, mm-hmm. his warriors. And he was going to uphold that. Which says a lot about his character. Now, was there all the wrongdoing going on as well? The lying? The, the, yep, there sure was. Now, make no mistake, we're not winking an eye at the fact not that he was doing things that he shouldn't, and neither was the Lord. The Lord still requires us to act in a way that represents him truly and correctly, right? Yes. And unfortunately for David, those seeds of dishonesty 
are oh. going to show up later. again yes. later in his life. So here's the thing. When God does something, he does it well. He does it in excellence, right? When he yes. plants a garden, for example, he plants good flowers, good fruit, good trees, et cetera, et cetera. But when we, and he, he gives us the gifts, right? And he tells us to tend and keep it just like he told Adam, right? And work out your own soul salvation. Make sure that you grow in the way that is pleasing and satisfying to the Lord. Don't allow the enemy to have a foothold or to gain entrance to your grounds, right? Yes. When we allow sin in, it is, in, a, in essence, throwing tares, weeds, into our own garden, which would be our lives, right? Yes. When, when Jesus was preparing to go to the cross, he said, the God of this world is coming, but he's got nothing in me. He has nothing in me, meaning there's nothing that Satan could go and point at and go, ah, there's that lie right there. Now I have a claim before you in the spiritual law, the legal court system that is in the spiritual realm. You remember when Satan appeared before God and Job and yes. God said, where have you been? And, you know, that whole scene that played out, the, the legal system that happens is because of spiritual law. Jesus said he has nothing in me. But because David is being dishonest, and then he's doing things that God didn't ask him to do, committing murderous acts, basically. Now, David is sowing those seeds into his own life because David clearly had a choice. There's no devil made me do it. There's, there's none of that nonsense. He had a choice about it. Yes. However, sin, when it reaches its fullness, brings forth death. Right? That, that's the yes. whole point of it. And Satan always comes back to try to collect, based on spiritual law, what belongs to him. Right? That's why people yes. could go to hell and they have a legal responsibility to be there. Or um, the curse appears in people's life, calamity, destruction, etc., etc., because their seed that the enemy has to draw on. So, although God is still doing what he said he would do, as in protecting, providing a way of escape. God has always been faithful to do that. He's always faithful to who he is. And we reap the benefits, of course, of God being himself. He's not winking at David's poor choices at this time, and neither does he do that for us. That's why it's important for us to hold steady, hold to God's counsel, hold to the plan that he provided for us, and hold to the righteous actions and behaviors that we are told to walk in. Because when you let your guard down, right, the enemy, the enemy could not break through the hedge of protection. He cannot come in without permission, without something to draw on. Don't give him a place. You keep the hedge of protection in your life strong by not allowing sin and unrighteousness and things of that nature to become a part of your life. Okay? Yes, ma'am. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So keep the leaven out. Yeah, it's hard. Yep, people might look at you and say, well, don't take all that and call you names and et cetera, et cetera. But is it worth having your walk clean before the Lord? Absolutely. And then you have to look at the other aspect. What is it going to prevent you from doing in the future? So, because we can look at David's actions, 
right? The lies, the all the murder that was committed, and raiding all these other groups, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But then later on, much later on, David wanted to do something great for the Lord. He wanted to build a temple. Mm-hmm. And what did the Lord say? No. Why? Because his hands were dirty. He had shed too, too much, much blood. blood. So now you can look at that and say, hey, wait. But the Lord commissioned David as a warrior. So he gave him all these skills. But why? It was to fight the Lord's battles, right? That's what Jonathan said. It's said multiple times, even by his own, own wife. Um, Abigail. Abigail, thank you. Mm-hmm. Abigail says, no, you're, you are David. You are the Lord's servant that fights the Lord's battles, right? Yes. Okay. But you have this whole period here, 16 months or so, that David's doing his own thing, raiding people that he wants to raid, and then eliminating or killing everybody to make sure that nobody can mm-hmm. can rat him out, if you will, or tell on him, or yep. bring him before the king, All right, so there's no judgment. No, the Lord didn't judge him in that aspect then, right, but the Lord knows. Right? And yes, the Lord forgave him and all that, but it was about being pure, right? And while it was it was good, it was a good thing that David wanted to do. To build the temple. To build the temple, yes. Okay. Right? And and serve and honor the Lord and, and all those things. The Lord said, no, you could not. Because of all these actions that we're reading about now. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I would read that and go like, God, how could you tell him to go and fight and literally make him teach his hands how train his hands for war exactly how could you ask this of him and then go never mind it disqualifies you that would that would seem like duality right and we know that there is no duplicitness or duality in our god he's he's the same god and he never changes he's one god but then as we we've been studying over these the lord was like there it is right there plain as day that's why and God remembers David as a man after his own heart, which is the faithfulness of our Lord. You know, he doesn't air our dirty laundry to humiliate us or to make us ashamed. He still sees us as who he created us to be, which is, I appreciate that about you, Lord. Um, Amen. And, but it doesn't excuse us from being accountable and responsible. Being righteous and perfect. As the Lord is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Complete, so he tells whole, us, and entire. Be holy, for I am holy, right? That, that's a, a pureness, is righteousness, and being just, mm-hmm. just like our Lord is. Purposeful. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure David justified it in his mind, going to these people and killing them and, you know, destroying them and taking their goods. I'm sure he had to have justified it in his own mind in some way. But you can still see God says, hmm. You cannot do this thing for me because of that right there. But also, when you look at, I, I often ask God, how did David go from this righteous man to now you're up on the rooftop watching people take baths and stealing. And have relationships with their wife, having their husbands killed. like That whole, like, and you see the plan. How did you get to that point, that exactly. place in life? Or and, how did David in And the case? actions. I did something wrong. I will kill him. To cover it up. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? That's exactly what happened in that those raids that he was doing. I'm doing something wrong, but if I kill everybody, it'll cover it up. He didn't want to kill the woman because he had something invested there. 
but kill the man, then it it erases, you know, erases the sin. Right. No one will know. No I've one done. will find out. But he God knows. He wanted him. He wouldn't go back to his house, so it would have been. He tried to erase it, but either way, that was still in his back pocket. But I where can did always you learn that? Kill you. Where did that come from? You see the the initial seeds here. So, you know, starting, we can point it all the way back to when he said in, to, said in his heart, I better get out of here, right? Unless yes. somehow I'll die at Saul's hands. Was that first chapter 27? I believe so. Uh, yes, first one. Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. Thank you, Layla Ann. So that turn right there to instead of continuing full force to believe God and stay hard after Jesus and go and believe fully, God, I know that you're doing good for me. You have a plan and a purpose, and you are faithful. You will keep your word. He became discouraged and despaired and let that shield of faith drop. Now the enemy can come in with thoughts. Right. It wasn't just and the shield of faith. What is one thing you see throughout all of David's life before he does anything? What is a habit and a pattern that he did? He would seek the Lord about it. Exactly. He would inquire of the Lord. That was his nature, his character. That was what he, what he did and how he patterned his life. Just like you hear and read about Daniel and how he prayed three times a day. Right. That was just his custom or what he did, what he purposed. David always sought the Lord, always inquired of the Lord before he did anything. Should I go do this? And what will the result be? How, what, should I go do this? How do I, how do I execute it or carry it out? And then what will the result be? But in this section that we've, these last few chapters, do you read that at all? No. Nope, you don't. Until the next chapter. After this, after the rejection by the people that he's been working with and for, the Philistines, for the last 16 months. After being rejected, and then his own people are upset. Yes. Because another calamity has happened. That's when you see him turn back and start asking the Lord. We'll cover that next time. Right, but just a, a little you know, a little insight just to, to aid to our discussion that we're having here. Yes. Yes. So you you children have heard us say, you know, people don't just wake up and rob banks. They don't start out first shut out the gate, you're a bank robber. You know, you're trying to get Fort Knox when all the gold was there and everything. No. It starts somewhere smaller. And then over time, because the seeds are never uprooted and discarded from a person's life, they grow, they fester. Other sin is welcomed in, right, allowed to come in. And then, then later on down the road, you see, how did you get to this place? Now you're, you know, doing all these crazy things. There's always a starting place. So what's my point in saying that? God loves you, absolutely, of course. But guard your hearts. Guard your lives. 
don't go, well, it's just a little bit of sin. Today, when you look out at a great oak tree, it didn't fall out of the seed. You know, there's not other great oak trees hanging on another oak tree in that form. It starts as a small seed. And from this small thing, something great grows. Yeah. Right? And over yeah. time, decades, centuries even, they grow tall, strong. The roots grow with it. And they are deep-seated roots. Mm-hmm. But it started off as a a seed various sizes of course what would you say is a small seed small in comparison to what the fruit is exactly so when's it easier to deal with i'll say the sin in our lives the things in our lives that don't reflect the nature and the character of our lord and savior when there's still small when's a seed and and can we rewind this a little bit further stop the quarrel before it starts, right? Don't even yes. plan it. Stop the issue before it starts. Don't let the seed fall into your ground, to your soil of your heart. Set a watch. Choose not to partake in sin versus going ahead and sinning, then trying to dig up the root, hoping you got it all. Stop the sin before it's even a thing because you have a choice about that. You don't have to sin. You don't have to willfully, willingly sin. You don't. You shouldn't even be doing it daily. Will you stumble across things from time to time? Sure. But as you grow in the Lord, that should become fewer and far between. Check your heart daily. Lord, you know, forgive me if I'm doing anything against you. Let me know so I can correct it. But also walk in the light of the word that you have. Because most of it's covered right here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself fulfills the whole law. And the prophets. Because love does no harm to a neighbor. Right? So love will keep you from running people off the road, stealing from them, you know, committing treacherous acts against them. arguing, right? I mean, all the, everything. The law of love will keep you from that. But put the word before your eyes. Put the word in your heart. Live by it. Walk by it. And do what you know to do already. It's not foreign things that snare people. It's stuff David knew better. He knew he wasn't supposed to commit murder. Yes. He knew that already. He knew he should be honest and he shouldn't lie. Because while he already had the law written on his heart and had already spent time before the Lord, God was already raising him up and developing him to be a king. So he extra double knew it. He had. Extra double. <laughs> That's right. Extra double. That's good. Thank you. And then he had the Holy Spirit. How do you think he was able to walk in wisdom? Not because he had it on his own. That was God helping him. So you have the wisdom of God available to you as each believer does. Right. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? He is God, but he also says... The Lord says he takes from me and discloses it to you. Takes what belongs to Jesus and discloses it, shows it unto us. But he guides us into all truth. Yes. He shows us things to come. He brings all things, everything to our remembrance that the Lord has said to us. So Amen. you know this is working in him at this time. But he's choosing not to listen for whatever reason. I mean, and we can look at our, our human lives, our humanity. It's so hard. 
it, it's been hard for me. You don't know what they did, how long it's been. I've had to wait. Um, they sinned against me. They hurt me, Lord. You can name it. All of the all of the factors that we would make allowances for ourselves, and I would say excuses, when we would give ourselves permission to not stay the course, permission to sulk or um, exact revenge or to do something unloving or ungodly to other people. Jesus was faced with those same things, yet without sin. Right? Yes. So that means just because you can make an excuse doesn't mean it is. Doesn't make it right. We can justify anything in our own minds. And right is no, isn't always righteous. But righteousness is always right. So let us walk with the Lord in sincerity as though your life depends on it. Because it does. There's nothing worse than going, Lord, I'm going on a great track. And then all of a sudden, here comes sin and go, oh, your bill's due today. Payment. In full. No grace period. How it's required. <laughs> or it takes you out of the course. Like, oh, the, the promised land is right there. I can see it. But no, sin took you back around the mountain. Missed your exit to go where it is you're supposed to go. But now because of sin that's been allowed to fester and grow and grow root systems and now it's producing fruit, now you have to take time to go deal with that. Now, I'm a fast learner. Now, the Lord knows. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've sinned a plenty. Man, right. But there was a point in my life where I, I woke up. God woke me up and said, hey. And I was ready to serve him. But because of the sin that I allowed, the disobedience that I partook in, it cost me at least 10 years. It cost me great, yes, and for a long period of time. Now, yes, the Lord was working and moving on my, on my behalf and pulling me out of that slowly, surely, little by little. But it takes time. And it's not always fun. It's definitely not fun. It sure ain't easy. No. The, the journey back, yeah. Stinks. <laughs> and it's hard. Not that thing, everything has to be easy in life, but when you're ready to move forward, when you're ready to walk on with the Lord and go, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll inherit everything you have for me. I'll take it. And it's like, oh, And he's well, like, well, yep, that's good. And we're going to get to will, that point. But, but we've got to deal with these things first. Now we have to dig you back out of that hole you dug, my dear, just to get you back to zero, to, to ground level square one. Let alone start to build. But also with that, don't be afraid of that. The Lord's process, his plan is perfect, right? His, as part of the refinement. Mm -hmm. Bring us so we can be like Jesus, where mm -hmm. Satan doesn't have anything in us. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you have sin, make it right with the Lord. Amen. Deal with it immediately and uproot it and cast it out. Don't go back to it. But the point is, it's better to avoid the sin, to keep the sin out of your life then to have to spend your time constantly repairing the breaches so that you can never go forward. The breaches, but your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to move forward righteously, positively, in a good standing, in good relationship, personal, deep, and intimate with the Lord mm -hmm. than to have to constantly repair stuff. 
Absolutely. That's, that's the same with any relationship, right? Yes. Uh, or human relationships. And if it's that important, how much more so is it when it deals with the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, um, recently, the Holy Spirit's been kind of ministering to me because I've, as I've come into my deeper and true relationship with God, not just the lip service part of it, like I like your ideas, God, but I'm not going to do any of your ways. <laughs> not, you know, not that kind of relationship, but Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, when you want me to do it, when you say to do it. And I'm not my Lord. You are my Lord. I'm not my own God anymore. But allowing him to be God, and it's been a process. I've had to, it feels like I take fewer steps. Like I'm not as busy like with actions and just running here and there. But that at the same time, it gets frustrating because it feels like I, I'm moving slower than people around me. And... The Lord, he mentioned to me, like, okay, I mean, you could be spending your time doing zigzags, you know, trying to walk up down the line that he's prepared for me. I could be going back and forth and busy about work, but he's like, there's waste in that. If you just do what I ask you to do, yeah, it means you take a step, and it, it feels like then you stand and you wait till he says for you to go to the next thing, but then you... And then you go and take the next step and do whatever it is that he tells you to do and just enjoy the moment and the time as you're there. But I'm not wasting effort. And when you walk with him in that way where it's just what he wants you to do, nothing outside of that, nothing. It doesn't mean you don't live your life and enjoy things. It just means he is literally and truly at the helm and in command. The temptation, like David, to get discouraged, like I've been out in this wilderness, I've been hiding in caves and... It's been years, Lord, like, come on, everybody else is eating at the, the king's table, my table, as a matter of fact. Somebody's got my wife, somebody, you know, it seems like everybody's living life around you. But if you hold the course, see the good plan that God has for you, and don't get discouraged because you're not as busy as other people, or you're not doing things the way you imagined it would be. But put your focus on God as is pleasing to you. Is this what you desire for me? Is this what you have for my life? And see the wisdom in how he's doing things. Because when he does it, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect in the way of complete and entire, lacking nothing. And you will only be built and bettered by it, not torn down, not halfway. I mean, I can look at... And, and not having to redo stuff. Exactly. Because it was poorly done the first time taking that one step and it's a sure shot and you're like, oh, thank you, God. All right, got that now. Oh, and go to the next thing. And it may moving not Moving from victory to victory. And between those victories, those points, it may be some, it feels like you're just standing there looking around and everybody's busy and zoom, 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 zipping back and forth and doing this, that, and the other. But the life that lives according to the word and the purpose of the Lord, just in the way that he wants you to walk and desires for you, takes diligence, takes effort, and it takes clarity and focus on, on our part as the believer just to see that God has good for you. And you don't have to spend your time in labors. And what it ceases from his own labor, what the Lord talked to the, um, I think that's in Hebrews, where he, he spoke the word to them, right? Our work is to enter into his rest, yeah. right? Which is what this journey looks like when you're doing what God asks you to do and not adding your own thing to it. 
He said, my way is easy. This is something he's personally spoken to me. My way is easy, but requires obedience, mm -hmm. meaning it requires self-control. It requires you to come and when he says move, move. When he says be quiet and be still, come to a resting place. Which is discipline and diligence. Absolutely. And to enter his rest to know I'm, I'm on your command, God, and nothing else matters outside of that. And because he will take care of everything else, not because he lets it go by the wayside, but because he's a complete and thorough God and he will care for it. Our job is to focus on him. And then when he says move, go with him. When he says stop moving, stop moving. And do whatever it is he's asking you to do there. And being okay with that. Being in shalom, in the peace of God, mm -hmm. in your mind, focusing and resting on he's doing good. And we can only get to that place if we have our entire faith, hope, and trust in him. Mm -hmm. So your lives are going to look different from the people around you. And I'm you talking okay to that? you right now, Ms. Kyla Isla, especially because you're at the adulthood entryway and your life is different. It's going to look different. It's going to smell different. It's going to give a different fragrance from the people around you. And it may seem like they're having more fun. They're accomplishing more. They're getting more done. But are you doing what God asked you to do, how he asked you to do it, in a way that glorifies him and pleases him? Because when you do that, you will be safe. When you do that, you will truly be prosperous and blessed and keep moving forward. And it may look like people are flying past you, going down the highway. Right? Tortoise in the hair kind of deal. But understand and know the truth that you being in step, right in step with the Lord, conquering every place that he puts you to conquer, taking every step, not lagging behind him, not trying to speed ahead of him, is the grace of God. It's the right place to be. It's where you should be. And don't be afraid that you're going to be different. You are going to be different. You should be different. That's for all of you. That's for every believer. But there's a difference in the path that you choose. Be okay with it. Understand it. Embrace God. Don't fight against him. Don't struggle with him. Allow him to be your God. Because when you try to struggle out of his embrace, then you let the sin in. That's when you start to sin because now you've got to do something to make it up on your own. Imagine if David had said, okay, God, I see what you're doing. I may not see the full picture, but I know you told me I will be king. I will sit on this throne and I will have these things. I know that. You brought that to me. That, was, that wasn't David's idea. That was God's idea. So then how could David come up with a better plan to carry it out? But that is the, the issue with human perspective. Human perspective is always striving, always striving to stand out. Right? Yes. Look at me. I got... X, whether it's fame or fortune or whatever, always striving to stand out. However, what does the Lord say? You are a people set apart. Right? That's the whole thing. Sanctified. That's set apart. So why is it that many, that's all of us, Christians, believers, struggle with standing out, being set apart, how the Lord has us set apart or stand out? Why is that the case? We should be submitted to the Lord and allow us, allow Him to, to put us in the place to stand out, 
however it looks to him. Because ultimately, that's, that's what everyone is striving for. Yes. But we've got to do things his way. Okay? Yes. Don't snatch it out of God's hands. Let him do it. Allow him to do it. And thank him for the process. No, it doesn't always feel like easy. In, in an essence, because you, you have to restrain yourself to make yourself adhere to what he's saying. That's you being do. disciplined. You do, yeah. Yep. It, it does require discipline. And sometimes it might feel like, oh, if I rush to this, if I just go, I got to do something, right? Which is what Saul said. Yes. He didn't come on time, so I had to. I had to. I felt compelled to do it, right? Yes. yes. But our job is to tend and keep what God said. Just let him do it. Rest yeah. in him, knowing he has mm -hmm. good intended for you. Like and so to David, he brought him this plan. I have this for you, my son. This is what I want for your life. This is what I want for you. From you, for you. This is what I'm going to accomplish in you. Yes. So then, since that's the case, who's got the plan for it? Like the carrying it out plan. Who's Second, the logistics, who's got all of that? Did he say, David, I need you to strategize this and tell me how I'm going to get you into kingship? How am I, how am I going to get you on the throne, David? <laughs> like, how are we going to work this out? Did he, did he say that? Because the Lord couldn't figure it out for himself, right? Like, exactly. On. Did he say, children of <laughs> Israel, ridiculous. hey, I need you guys to draw a map. Let me know how you're going to get to the promised land that I have for you. How y'all how y'all gonna get there? Like, hey, y'all supposed to be in the promised land, I know, but uh How are we gonna do it? How are you gonna get there? When are you supposed to be there? He didn't ask that, did he? No. What did he ask them for? His trust, their trust, their obedience. Believe what he said to you and trust him and obey whatever he tells you to do, whatever it is. You, personally, you. Mm -hmm. Can he speak through others? Absolutely, he can. But just like the children of wilderness, he desires a personal relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 4 says, Therefore, since, this is verse 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now David had his path, his journey planned and finished from the foundation of the world. Like God didn't need his help, like in a way of strategizing, figuring out all he needed him to go Sir, yes, sir. You said, take my left foot, step forward, take one step, stand there. Got you. I'm doing it, Lord, to the best of my ability. He didn't need you to add an arm wave and, you know, a, a head spin, a little break dancing, pop locking on the way. He didn't ask for that. Pirouettes or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> nope. He just asked you to follow his instructions and his directions because his plan is going to take you to what? The promised land, the quote-unquote promised land, the, the, the goal and the desire not only of your heart, because he put it there,
but the one that's in line with his will and his plan for you. Like, mm -hmm. he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to finish it, fulfill it. It's already been f f finished. Mm -hmm. Now we're just in the fulfillment part. All you got to do is just walk with him. It was already destined for them. It was our, they weren't there. I mean, they were there in, in the loins, as the word says, <laughs> the loins of Abraham when God was making this promise. But physically, they weren't there. They weren't listening. They wasn't all millions of them watching the stars in the sky and looking at all that when God was talking about what he had for them or back with Tira and um, Chaldea here in the plan and the promise of God. Come on out of there. I got some for you. God was there, though. So since he knows, follow him. Fully, completely. Fully. The entire journey. And enter his rest and determine in your heart to enjoy the walk that he has you on. Don't watch what everybody else is doing. But look at Jesus. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your Amen. faith. And stay encouraged as you go. Okay? All right. So let's, let's stop there for today. And uh, can we get someone to close us out in prayer? I will. Layla. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your grace, Lord, and your mercy and your goodness, God, and for all the things that you're doing and all the details that you work out for us, Lord. And I thank you that, me personally, I don't have to figure anything out, Lord, and I can trust you, and I know that with all my heart that you've got the best plan ever. You've got all the details worked out, Lord, and I just thank you for that. And I thank you for showing everybody else, Lord, and how they should go about their lives, Lord, and walking with them and staying with them, Lord. And, Lord, I judge you as faithful and performing, able to perform all that you have said to me and about my family, Lord. And I take you at your word, Lord, and I walk in it now. And, Lord, I just thank you for being with us today and being with in our devotionals and showing us things to come and blessing us with knowledge and wisdom and understanding about you lord and growing mm -hmm. us in areas that we need it lord mm -hmm. and being strong when we can't lord when we're weak that you're there to be our strength lord to gird us lord with all your holiness lord and just keep us on your path lord in jesus name amen amen, amen. Well, we love you everyone have a wonderful day god bless you god bless bye. you bye Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.